series in uh, Galatians. And uh, so you take your Bible and go to Galatians. Today we'll be doing Galatians 1, 11 through uh, 14. It will be, uh, uh, what do you say, there will be three things uh, that we will talk about. We will talk about like where, uh, where did the gospel come from? Uh, and then we will, uh, when I have found my notes, apologize for, uh, uh then there will be two false, two false gospels we'll talk about, and that will be in the text where Paul talks about tradition as a false gospel, and then, uh, the false gospel that we hear, or at least I experience a lot through uh, people and through TV and other things, that if you just, if you are just, um, if you're just uh, passionate about your cause, uh, if you just like really, uh, whatever you do, if you just like passionate about it then that will be the gospel of your life you just do that that will be the meaning of your life which is also uh, i believe uh, a false gospel so those would be the three things uh explaining where does the gospel come from uh exposing the false gospel of tradition and then exposing a uh, a false gospel of uh you just need to do what you need to do and just like be self if you just if you just mean it enough then then it's the gospel of your life um which is also a false gospel which seems to be very pre- prevalent uh, in our day but uh, let's uh, read <coughs> the verses um uh, at this moment i am uh, assuming you know who paul is or else after i read i'll just say a little bit about who paul is and he will share also a little bit about his uh, life in the passage as well so writing <clears throat> for i'll have you know brothers that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel for i did not receive it from any man nor was i taught it but i received it through a revelation of jesus christ you for you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. So that's the text we will talk about it, we will look into what is it that paul is doing i'll just give a short recap because it seems like he's bringing up things he's already brought up once uh he we we ended on last week we talked about the false gospel of people pleasing and he has just said i'm not trying to please people i'm and even if i was i wasn't be i were not i was not a servant of christ so Paul keeps going and says, this, this gospel is not something that I have made up. I've not even been taught by people. No, Jesus actually revealed this gospel to me. 
So that's the short answer of the first question is where does the gospel come from? Well, the gospel comes from Jesus revealing it to Paul. He claims that no man or no teacher has explained it to him. He does that probably against what he talks about afterwards, tradition and teachers. It's not a man's gospel that I'm preaching. I'm preaching what Jesus Christ revealed to me. Um, and then you're like, oh, but, but what about, what is this gospel? Well, for the gospel, we, we spent time in the beginning in his introduction. And that the gospel is shown there as he's introducing himself and he's saying he's an apostle. And he said, Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So Paul is saying that God, I'm an apostle of God who through Jesus Christ or who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Myers been saying like Jesus can be with us because he died for our sins. But God rose him from the dead. And so so th that is the gospel of the good news. But isn't there a little bit more? There's more to the gospel because he also says in four, who gave, who Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. And so Jesus gives himself up so that we might be free. And how? Well, it was all according to God's plan. Who needs to have glory forever and ever. Amen. So he's again explaining where is, what is this gospel that he was taught by Jesus? What does it mean? Well, it's not something he was taught by any man. No, he met Jesus. The smart student in the room would say, that's not possible. Because Jesus had already gone into heaven. And that is true. But... Uh, Paul grows up or is from Celia in, in Tarsus. He's in, from Tarsus in the region of Celia. He is, as he reading, as, as we learn here in this passage, he is, grows up in Judaism and he is very good at it. He is very good at being a Pharisee. He advances over people of his own age, which is like really amazing. He also violently tries to destroy the church of God. Um, because he is so passionate about God and his, no, actually the traditions of the fathers would not be uh, messed with so that so much that he misses the Messiah and actually persecutes Jesus and his followers. So, oh, yeah. But Paul's life changes, and we will hear more about that. But if you were like, I cannot wait, well, then you read uh, Galatians 9, and then you have the whole story about how Paul changes, how he's so zealous. And you know, that's the, one of the false gospels is, um, is that it... it you, 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 uh, no, I'll wait a little bit with that. I'll get back to that one, uh, why that's a false gospel. It's maybe obvious in, in Paul's story. That when things become more important in our lives, 
than Jesus Christ, well, then it's a false gospel we're living for. Well, I get my, all my purpose through my job or my sport or my political affiliation or all those things. Well, they will never fulfill. It will be something that leads us away from God and not to God. Um, so that's where Jesus... So when, when Paul can... Um, when Paul can claim that Jesus taught him, most of us will be maybe like, what do you mean? Well, if you read there in Acts 9, well, as Paul is going with letters to persecute the church in Damascus, having permission to drag them to court and to jail if they were believers in Jesus, he is very passionate. He's like really on fire. He's ravaging the church. It says... And he is traveling to, to, to catch these people in their blasphemy against the traditions. Well, Paul is blinded on the road. He is, he is yeah, made blind and he, he continues to be blind for three days. He's praying for three days. Jesus talks to him. He's like, why are you persecuting me? And Paul's like, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus Christ the one whom you are persecuting. And then he is blind for three days and he doesn't eat. And a man goes, Ananias, and when he's praying, God comes to him and says, you need to go and pray for Paul because he's seen you come in a vision. (laughs) And then Ananias is like, I'm not sure because he's here to find people like me and put us in jail. And God responds with, no, you will do this because he will be my tool to bring this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to kings and, and, and Gentiles. And he will suffer much from my name. So Ananias comes and prays for him. And Paul gets his sight back. And Ananias is like, why are you waiting? Get up. He gets up and he gets baptized. He starts immediately preaching in Damascus to the Jews. And he is so good at it that they have to hide him uh, because he gets persecuted almost immediately. So Paul says, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. I did not make up this gospel. But I did have the Lord Jesus Christ come and teach me. And he changed me. That as, as before I was so zealous about the gospel, now I am zealous about um, that you should not believe in a false gospel. He is writing this letter to counter false teaching that's coming in where it's not aligning with the gospel of Jesus Christ that you should have Jesus and something else, but only trust in Jesus Christ. And he's explained to them already, like he's so astonished, like why did you leave? Why did you? Why are you leaving Jesus? So that you can do works. No trust in Jesus' works. Uh, so the gospel, if we just point one, the gospel is the Lord Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection is where we have the good news. 
This good news is not made by man. It's made by God. And it's supposed to draw us to God and make a way for us to be reconciled to God. It's not something man came up with. It's not something man does. This is probably the most frustrating thing about doing what I do or when you witness. None of us can convince somebody else. God has to come and do it. Because as I was reflecting about where does the gospel of gospel come from? Where does Paul's gospel come from? Why can he say, I was not taught this? And isn't that dangerous? Like we have these weird people saying, I had a revelation from God. And yes, maybe, but not really. Because this is what happens to all of us if we really believe. The gospel comes and is Jesus Christ. And if he does not come and open up our eyes and our mind and teaches us who he is, we will not know who he is. So it's great we have church, it's great we have teachers, but we are limited. If the Holy Spirit does not ignite and open up the eyes of people to see who Jesus is, if Jesus doesn't meet the individual person, they will not know who he is. So that's why we pray, that's what we ask, that's what we say to Jesus, like, you've done this to me, so let's do it to others. But I think that's the way... Paul can honestly say, I was not taught by anybody else. I was taught by Jesus. He came. Well, he made me blind first. And then, and then, then he made me see. I didn't know I was blind. But he made me blind so I understood I was blind. And then he opened my eyes and I could see who he was. A beautiful story that also must correlate with ours. Because at some point, it's not your tradition of your country. It's not because you were born in Ukraine, you were born in Denmark, you were born in Romania, you were born in uh, Nigeria, you were born in France. That's not the gospel. And they cannot save you. And your parents' faith cannot save you. Bless your parents, they did the best they could, they prayed for you, maybe they did and they wanted to ignite, they, they, but they, they gathered around you information, prayers, all the things, but they were praying that the Holy Spirit would ignite that. Jesus will come and show you who he is. Because being born somewhere or being born into some tradition does not make us know what the gospel is. And if Jesus doesn't come as teachers, we will not know. And so that's why Paul can say, like, I did not make this up. I, I was taught by Jesus. And so when these fake apostles comes in with new teaching, you're just like, where did you get that from? You didn't get it from Jesus. This is stuff you're making up on your own. But Paul can say, no, no. Jesus has revealed this. He has revealed me or his real meal of Jesus to me, and that is who the gospel is bound up in. And this is what he wants to communicate so much to the Galatians because they, 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 he saw Jesus do this in the Galatians. He saw that they received, they understood, they were even willing to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. But now other false teachers 
have shaken them and they are starting to rely on something else. And Paul's just calling back, no, no, trust in Jesus. Trust in what you were taught. So that was where the gospel comes from. That was part one. Traditions. We'll see Paul reject this gospel as he's explaining how he lived before. He says, I was so zealous of tradition of my people. And then he actually explains why <laughs> that's not necessarily a good thing. Because what did that do? That led him, he was so zealous that he wanted to destroy Jesus and his people. So he was so zealous for the traditions that was built up around Judaism that he missed the Messiah. Now, maybe it's easy to point fingers at everybody else, but what kinds of traditions have we grown up in? And we're from different places. What kind of traditions have we grown up in uh, that we've believed uh, was very necessary? What things are we very passionate about And what comes out of us being so passionate about that? Do we, do we like Paul? Because <laughs> the argument sometimes goes about tradition, about being passionate, that if you're just like the best at it, like so, this, so Paul would be like, in this case, advancing above other people. He would just be like the best student and the best persecutor of people. And he would, just rise in esteem in other people? But it's not exactly following Jesus and the gospel. No, it's... uh, It's picking something man-made and getting really good at it instead of following Jesus. And traditions can't do what Jesus did. They can't wash us from, uh, wash away our sin. The good works we do in tradition can't lead us to Christ. But only Jesus Christ's blood can cleanse us from those things. And freedom only is given by Jesus that he wins over death and wrath and his life and his death and his resurrection and our great hope of his return and that we will be with Jesus even more than he knows with us now. So Paul, yeah, again, Paul is saying that I got the gospel from Jesus Christ who revealed it to me. And then he says, well, I also had a different life where I was very zealous and I was very bound up to traditions. I wanted to prove how zealous I was and I wanted to prove how good I could do the traditions. But they could not, cannot save. So in Denmark, to take an example, there is a strong tradition that Denmark is seen as a Christian nation. 
That is a tradition. That is not reality. We can say historically we have had some uh, <laughs> some uh, we've had some we've had churches we've had the root of the gospel had been there but now it seems like it's turned into something else it's largely it's turned into tradition that tradition doesn't save anyone uh, and if people ask if you ask somebody what they believe some people would say well I was born in Denmark so I guess I'm a Christian um, that tradition has no <laughs> that tradition has no no <laughs> that doesn't save you you don't you're not saved because you were born someplace. You don't have a relationship with Jesus because the area you were called, like you worked in, used to be believers that lived there. That's tradition. But if there's no fruit of living for Jesus, you can't. We can't just say like, "Well, I follow this tradition because I'm Danish, then I'm Lutheran, and that's good enough. I'm right with God." It's like, no, I don't. No. Because following a tradition can't. That's kind of just a false gospel. Although you can observe all the Christian uh, holidays, you can celebrate Christmas, Easter, you could do all those things, and you can have no relationship with God at all. You could be the best one, too, at it, as Paul was. You can even be so zealous that you would go beat up Muslims or Jews or other things because they are wrong. No, that is not what it means to know who Jesus is. Now you could also be the other way. You have the same thing. Like, I, I think I meet a lot of Muslims that say they're Muslims and I'm like, I look at their lives and I'm like, I don't think you're a Muslim. <laughs> you eat bacon, you don't go to the mosque, you don't pray, you, yeah, yeah, I'm a Muslim. I was like, I don't, I don't, don't isn't it? Don't you have to do stuff? Like, <laughs> like, well, I was born there, so I'm a Muslim. I was like, I don't think it works that way. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, it goes different ways. Like, we can just be in a place where everything around you is something you have to live up to to fit into this tradition. And then I've do, if I do that well enough, or even better than others, then I'm better than others, and that would help me, and it would give me purpose in life. Um, actually, I had a I had a uh, I had a good talk with somebody because um, there's this um, right now there's this um, thing going on in society, like we. We were in this. We were in a postmodern society before. Now we're going into what's post-postmodern society or rejection of postmodernism, kind of, because it became too weird. Like everybody had their own truth, and it was like super weird. And now there's like this reaction against that, which, which was like there's some people who are like, no, we need some rules. It, it has to be something up and down, you know. And it, it's brought again uh, maybe a new form of seeking after some kind of truth so so here it was so relative like you do whatever you want like but but now it's a little more like well we're looking we're looking for some things to like what can point us to what could be something solid and i had a conversation with somebody and said he was like 
uh, yeah, I know you, I mean, I know you, we were actually talking about fasting and different things. I was like, well, you know, uh, because fasting actually works. Uh, not not so you lose weight, but it makes you, uh, yeah, we had, yeah, we, all of a sudden they were talking about it. So we, um, and, I, and then after a long time, I was like, well, you know, when I get pains, then that's helpful for me. Like when I get hungry, that's helpful for me to focus on why I do it because then I can pray. And he returned to me and said, yeah, I know you have that extra you have that extra thing. Um, and so we were talking about that. And, and so we, sometimes he's a, he's a, he gets passionate when we are talking about it. And, um, and he's like, yeah, but you know, like, it's really important. He's also reading Son Diego or listening to his. So it's, it's fun. So, so he's like, yeah, you know, like people need to, you know, people need to stop, you know, need to stop and really feel like w- what is their values and what is all those things. And he's on the way. Like he's, he can see that postmodernism is weird, but, but, but it's also weird living by a culture without asking any questions. And so what he would, he, he, I think he's in a place where like, no, like people need to stop. And like, what is it to actually believe? And start living that out. Now I would like him to know Jesus and live that out. But I think he's in a different place where he's recognizing. I cannot just take tradition and run with that if it makes no sense. That in this society where we now have smartphones and all sorts of things. We just keep going and going and going and going. Even though maybe it doesn't make sense. And pressing the stop button and saying... Well, the tradition that we're creating now, um, should I really be following that? Should I be like an angry person with an angry keyboard? Every time somebody says something I don't like, oh, I'll fight that war. And have, uh, should I follow that tradition? Should I be the best one at that? Should I be like a internet troll or whatever they're called? Be like so good at that that I'll be praised for that. Maybe I'll even get sponsors on YouTube. I mean, no, I don't think we should do that. But I do think that we need to stop and think about like, what is it? Why do we have this tradition? Well, there's a classic one in Denmark, which I never thought about. It was a bad tradition because it meant that I got cake. But we did it one time. It was my birthday, and we had a cake, and we had all the internationals, and we were doing other things. We had a potluck dinner. And so bring out this big cake uh, in Denmark. You have a, this particular cake. And then you slit the throat and everybody screams and then you get cake. And so for me, growing up, that was normal. Then the people, I was like, that's morbid, man. You just cut somebody's throat and, and uh, you just cut somebody's throat and you were screaming. It's like, what's your problem? Like, we're getting cake. Like, what, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? We did, I mean, we've, we've done that since we were kids. So nobody asks, nobody asks questions about that. It's like, it means we get cake. But you just slit somebody's throat. Like you just slit the birthday of the kid's throat. I mean, it's just a cake. It's not like, but it's a good question. Be like, why do you do what you do? Like, I'm just pointing it out because sometimes we're blind to our traditions. And so, so there's no salvation in our traditions. That some people will strike, well, but my traditions are, my traditions are Christian based. Great, fine. But they won't save you. They're not God the gospel. If you have really good traditions, they will point to Jesus. They will point to it, but they won't be the ones that saves you. Um, 
and then you can talk to me afterwards. You, you just don't like traditions. Well, that's probably also partially true, but, but that's not the point in this one. It, it is that no matter how good we are at tra our traditions, no matter how good we try to fit in society, we won't have, that won't save us. We won't get closer to Jesus through doing those things. Even if we're the best at it, Paul also proved that. Like he was so, so zealous about it. In, and then there, like there's just two parts. There's the part where, where Paul's about talk about his tradition, and, but then he also talks about, and this I think maybe some a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of what my friend was talking about, is sometimes this one comes up in religious debates or debates about a different thing, where people are like, well, if a Jew or if a Muslim or if a if a Hindu or if a if a Buddhist, they just they really believe, then they are saved. If they just passionately believe, they were just then God will save them. No. It's not about how much passion you have, or how much you believe in something false. That doesn't make it right. And the crazy part is that if we, I just wrote down different things. I'm not going to mention all the things. It might also get me unpopular. But all the people today that are so passionate about something. Man, they also hate people a lot. Paul here was like he was willing to kill people. Same thing's true today. Some of the most people, some of the past most passionate people today, some of the ones that really honestly believe really, really much, are also some of the most intolerant people in the world, although they call for tolerance from other people. You have to tolerate me, but I, man, I hate you. You're backwards. You're stupid. You're ugly. I don't know if you've ever been accused of being those things. That's people that really, honestly, very passionate about that cause. You can see it in sports. Like, man, I just support my team. <laughs> it was a classic series. Like, this is my church. This is my team. Yet, what's the downside about that? That is that you passionately hate everyone who supports another team. And some of you will even use violence. So no, it's not just about being passionate about something. Now I picked on sports. You can go on and on with what it is. There's like the green people. And that's like about, I think you should take, I think the creation mandate says we should take care of the earth. But there are people who are willing to cross those paths and become so zealous that they are going to not be very nice to other people. And so you can continue down the list of all the things you know that people are really passionate about and say, like, no, that's not salvation. It's not, there's not salvation in finding some cause, cause and just really, really be passionate about it. So that's why we trust, like Paul, we trust that. that the good news is not something we make up. It's not some form of tradition. It's not something that I'm just really passionate about, and then it changes things. 
No, we, we plead with God that he will open up the eyes of the blind that they might see. That the God, God will melt hearts of stone because those things are out of our reach. Only by the power of the gospel or only by the power of God can people see the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes people are lost and the only thing they have is tradition or passion. But our hope is just like Paul that they will experience Jesus Christ instead of trusting in those things because they don't lead to anything that is worthy of living for. Oh yeah, I also had the, the radical left, the, the radical right, the racist groups, traditionalists, or the feelings people. I feel this way, so because you believe something else, you must hate me. I was like, no, I don't, but... Um, people really feel really passionate about all those causes. Problem is that will lead people away from Jesus Christ into those causes, and there's not really good hope there. I think a lot of times, what tradition and passion does is it leads us to hatred towards other people made in the image of. Image, image of God. Like, not mentioning anybody's names, but you, we could be watching my daughter play handball. She's like 13. You could start passionately hating someone who's 13 on the other team. Without, like, what am I doing? It's a game. That's how easy our hearts <laughs> go astray. I was like, what am I doing? Like, or like, I watch uh, something on TV, and the Danish team is there, and the other team. I was like, that guy is a moron. Like, it's like, what is it doing in us? It's like, no, I don't even know those people. Maybe the Danish people are worse than the other people. I don't even know. But it just shows like how easy our hearts can run to hatred and 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 like Paul, like. Hey man, I'm gonna kill these people. I know they made some gods, but they need to die. Uh, but Jesus was kind enough to come and blind him so that he can make him see. And Paul is giving the rest of his life to Jesus, and he is so passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ that he will not rest, and he will not let them be taken away by tradition. He doesn't want us to do that either, and he doesn't want other, the people he loves in Galatia, he doesn't want those human teachers to take them away from Jesus, but instead say, no, the gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus who lived, who died, whom God rose again, and who is coming back. He's the one who by his blood takes away our sins and we can be reconciled to God. That is the one and only good news of the gospel. We don't have to trust in tradition or our own passion. Trust in Jesus Christ. And we can be set free from all these 
false gospels. And that's why we have one another to encourage us. Like, don't go there. Don't go there. Come back to Jesus and trust in his work and live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be able to reject these false gospels. Point people back to Jesus. If we want to serve, if we want to observe traditions, okay, but make sure they point to Jesus and that he's the one who gets the praise and that he's the one that you're living for. Um, Yes. That was today. A gospel comes from Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ. We can reject the gospel of tradition and we can get reject the gospel of passion because there's only one gospel and that is found in who Jesus Christ is. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, I mean, thank you so much for this letter. Like, thank you for God, your passion for saving uh, Paul, uh, although his life was not easy, uh, thank you for blaming him. Thank you for giving his life, his sight again. Thank you for him explaining and having a love for the Galatians and and a need to, for them to understand that the gospel is who you are, Jesus, and that we can only have freedom and joy, and we can only be in you, Jesus, by by being in that gospel. That it was made by, all things were made by and for you, Jesus, and you show us who God is. And and God, thank you for planning this long ago. You you knew this wasn't what needed to happen so we can be reconciled back to you. That we needed you to take away um, our sin and cleanse us, and that you did that through Jesus' uh, life and death and resurrection. And thank you for it. Lord, I do pray against us falling for tradition as gospel. I do pray against mere passion or um, uh, interest as being a gospel that we will fall into. I pray for my brother, people in my family that don't know you. Uh, I pray for the people, my friends. I pray, Lord, you, as Mars said, that you would use me. Use us. And Lord, we ask, or I ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on them. That Jesus, you will come and teach them. You will open up eyes that are blind. And that they will worship us, worship you with us. Uh, and Lord, I pray for us here that you would deepen the joy and the gladness and the freedom and the, the awe and us wanting to give you glory. Uh, as we understand the good news of Jesus Christ better. And so we can't do it by ourselves, but we really need you to move, and we ask that you do it. You are so faithful and kind, and thank you so much for all that you are already doing. And we praise your name. Amen. Um, yep. So now it is time for the benediction. Uh, if you have comments, questions, you're welcome to come. If you were like, hey, I would really like somebody to pray with me, or just ask someone, 
um, and then do that. Don't just run away. It's not prayer. Like, like sometimes you're like, why do we go to church? It's boring. Or <laughs> like, well, hopefully it's because we want to praise God. But also the hope is also that as we meet God together, he's going to change us also. Uh, we encourage one another and we will get to know Jesus better. So I hope and pray that that has been the case today as well. All right, let's stand up and receive the benedictions from the author of Hebrews. Now may the God who brought again from the dead, O Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And don't run away because we have leftovers from yesterday.